I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Hey guys, welcome back to Curious Conversations with Tull and Sarah. It's me again. I'm still without my wing woman Tull for another week because of stage four lockdown restrictions. This week's chat, we sat down with designer Effie Katz, who at the age of 23 started the worldwide hit label, Zachary the Label, which saw the likes of Kendall, Kylie and Gigi all wearing the brand on the regular. Within four years, unfortunately, though, the brand went into administration. And so we speak to Effie about failing in business and then rebuilding yourself after failure. We talk about that and we talk about life and a lot more. So I hope you enjoy this chat. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share with all your friends. And we will see you next week. Enjoy. Ciao. Uh, what's up, guys? So today we have the beautiful – actually, you're a pocket rocket. I'm going to call you pocket <laughs> rocket. The beautiful Effie Katz. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. We're so excited to have you. Um, you have been highly requested, actually, from Aww. a lot of the Melbourne fam. Yeah. Aww. So that's good. Um, and we're at your studio at the moment. So if you guys hear a little bit of noise, that's not me. It's not my bracelet banging the table. <laughs> it's the workroom. <laughs> it's the workroom because they're getting hectic um, making some gear. So, yeah, welcome. Welcome to Curious Conversations. Thank you for having me. Very excited. How are you? I'm good. I'm taking it one day at a time at the moment. <laughs> I know it's really like that. We're still kind of, we're Melbourne girls. So have you always been a Melbourne girl? Yes. Yeah, so you grew up in Melbourne? Oh yeah, I grew up around here in the yeah. north. Oh, so we're in Coburg, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're in the hood. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what is young Effie Cats Cat, like? What were you like? Oh, what was I like? I was very um, loud and yeah. boisterous Love and a um, bit of a rebel probably. Were you a rebel? <laughs> I was. Were you? I, I, see, it's funny because, like, I was I was always very studious and, and all that, but I was quite rebellious at the same time. So I was house captain. Oh, were you? But I was rebel of the house captains. <laughs> <laughs> you were like the naughty girl. I was. The naughty good girl. That's why we get along with you. <laughs> did you go to an all-girl school? I did. Yeah, I could imagine that. Yeah. yeah. What? So did you describe your childhood, like you having brothers and sisters, like what, how, like tell us a little bit about yourself. So my sister and I close-ish in yeah. age, so we're five years apart. Uh, and mum and dad separated, so mum remarried and she yeah. had another daughter 
and we've got 19 years difference. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, mum raised us as a single mum. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Your mum sounds like, I actually want to dive a little bit deeper into that because your mum mm-hmm. sounds freaking amazing, like a superwoman. She is, yeah. Do you look up to your mum? I do. Yes. I do. Yeah. So after high school, mm-hmm. did you dive straight into fashion? Did you do something no, before fashion? What's your, your career story so far? See, I was trying to avoid it because I grew up in this workroom that we're oh. in right now. <laughs> Whose workroom was well, this? So this is dad's workroom. So okay. dad's a tailor um, and I grew up around the industry yeah, yeah, my whole life. Yeah. So I was trying to avoid it because <laughs> I'd seen the struggles um, behind the scenes. Um, I actually studied photography. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's that. what I studied straight out of high school. I did that for a couple of years, but I'm not very technically minded. Yeah. So I yeah. always kind of got caught up in the exposures and all the technical sort of mathematical stuff mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I guess people don't think is involved in photography, but it's a huge part of it. And I was always getting stuck like I had all these grand ideas and I couldn't express my vision because I kept getting stuck with, I guess, how to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I dropped out of that course. Well, you did. <laughs> after what two did your mum say about that? Oh, yeah, she was not happy with that. <laughs> um, and then I, I studied public relations. Yep. So I was about a year and a bit into that. It was about 3 a.m. I was laying on an assessment <laughs> um, and I just realised that wasn't for me either. So I dropped out of that too, yeah. much to my mother's dismay. <laughs> um, and... At the time, I had a friend's wedding and I was, you know, shopping for a dress and I couldn't find one and I ended up spending 500 bucks at Manning Cartel on a dress. as you do. Yeah, and I realised there was no kind of in-between, you know, your $500 Manning Cartel dress, which is expensive for a uni student, and your really basic sort of affordable cook-eye, but there was nothing kind of to it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I just had the idea and I was kind of like, you know what, there's no one filling that gap in the market. Yeah. I think I can do this. Okay. Did you have any experience in your workshop with, like, your dad at all? Oh, yeah, I did. So my we used to cut out all the patterns and stuff here. So that's how I used to make all my pocket money was oh. I used to sit with my grandma and cut out all the suit patterns. Oh, so your grandma was here too. So, yeah, okay, yeah. Like when you say family, so your dad, your grandma, who else was involved? The whole family, the whole shebang. <laughs> oh, I love um, that. And your mum? No, no, no. no. Okay. Mum's a lawyer, so okay. she's very academic. Which helps in business, which yes. she'll go to. Yeah. She wanted me to go down that path, <laughs> <Yeah>. but I <laughs> didn't quite work out that way. Um, yeah, so we've got the whole the whole family here. My grandparents, my uncle, my dad. Yeah. Are they still here? My uncle's doing his own thing now, Yeah. Um, but my grandparents are still here. Oh, my wow. Dad, yeah. That's kind of cool. It's so funny how, like, you were kind of against going against the fashion kind of road and then all of a sudden look where you are now. Well, it's funny because everything I studied, so photography, I was always yeah. doing fashion photography and I wanted to be involved in that aspect mm-hmm. of it. And then PR, I wanted to get into fashion PR, so I was always weaving it in. Yeah. And then finally I just gave in. Isn't that funny know. how it works? Fate, yeah. I guess. So then you launched Zachary the Label. Mm-hmm. And, and how to- old were you? 23. Okay. To be honest, I, I didn't know Zachary the label. And mm-hmm. Telly's like, are you serious? <laughs> and for me, I actually don't know how big it did get. How big did Zachary the label get? get? It was yeah, pretty yeah. big. We had yeah. six stores. Wow. Um, and we were selling uh, – 40% of our business was the US. Yeah. Um, and we – 
you know, we dress some pretty big people. Like, let's say, did you, like, let me just remember off the top of my head. Gigi had it, mm-hmm. Kendall Jenner, mm-hmm. Kylie Jenner. Mm-hmm. Who else? Oh, God, God, you're testing me now. They're probably the biggest yeah, names. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Because yeah. how, how did it get that big? <sighs> so... I was probably six months in. So basically what happened was I actually started it with a mate. So my friend was a really good pattern maker and she was doing all my patterns. I was doing the designing and six months into the brand, um, my God, what was her name? The Kardashian stylist at the time. Oh, Monica Rose. Yes, Monica Rose. So her assistant um, emailed me and she was like, hi, um, Monica would love to dress um, some of her clients, Kendall, um, Gigi, in Zachary, yep. can you send us over some product? And I was like, yeah, what do you guys oh, want? Yeah. And she sent me this massive list and we didn't have stock No, you just any make of it, it happen. <laughs> so we were just like sewing away yeah. into the late hours of the evening um, trying to get it out to them and it just, yeah, blew yeah. up. That's cool. I mean, did you use, I've spoken to you about this before, but did you use PR or anything in the States? No, Oh, no, yes, we did. We did. But before, so I didn't have PR when Monica Rose mm-hmm. hit me up. So, oh, so that was like on Instagram? Yeah, or? on Insta. Oh, shit. And look, at the time, there weren't that many brands on Insta. Yeah. And it was when everyone was kind of blowing up. So, you know, there was only like Sabo Skirt and your main influencers mm-hmm. like Steph Claire Smith was on there yeah. and that. And Mish Collection and, yeah. and us, really. Yeah. It wasn't like a big thing back then. So we were one of the first yeah. to get onto that platform. I love when, that. When you sent the stuff over to the US for the Kardashians and all mm. those celebs, did you start already manufacturing more of those styles knowing that they might post no I had no idea I really didn't know what to expect and because I was kind of I hadn't studied and I was so new to the industry I really didn't know what to expect um with a lot of the things that we did yeah it was all very experimentational yeah I think it's true especially in that time like um it's you just don't know if they're going to wear it and if yeah, they get paparazzi. Yeah, exactly. So was, you just don't know. It was so far, yeah. you know, out of my mind, yeah. like, you know, in the realm of possibility yeah. that I was like, oh, well, who knows? Yeah, and, yeah, you know. So how did you scale it up then to having six stores, 40% uh, of your business in America? How long did that take to? I'd like to know well, that. It, it happened very organically through here. So... For a year and a half, we were doing it through here um, and then selling out of this showroom. Oh, that's no just way. below us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's huge. Yeah. That's where it and all began. Exactly. And then we opened a store on Chapel Street. And then I suppose two years in, the brand grew so much that kind of beyond my capabilities mm. because Stretch is quite yeah. a beast yep. in itself. Um, and there's a lot of issues that arise with stretch manufacturing that I did not know. Mm-hmm. So I was learning things the hard way mm-hmm. and we were having really, really expensive mistakes. Yeah. Um, and then that's when a little later Stop. down the track I got an investor yeah. who, you know, kind of claimed to know about that stuff and yeah. that's where the expansion happened and that's where I guess the demise of the brand yeah. came. So when you, you know, having a brand ourselves, mm-hmm. the next step from like, you know, getting the brand out there, getting an investor. When you reached out to the investor, how did you feel like emotionally? Like I know sometimes you kind of feel detached from the brand because you've got someone else coming in. How did you feel or you were just so desperate that you just wanted the brand to just grow? Well, this was someone that I knew 
through others. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd met, you know, a couple times and, you know, he, we knew the same people mm-hmm. and I guess he'd kind of heard of the issues that we were having. So he actually approached me. Oh, he did? Okay. Yes. And I was very desperate at the time because I just felt like, you know, we were having so many issues. I remember one of our manufacturing um mistakes had cost us about 180 grand wow <laughs> yeah so for me my primary concern was to save the brand yeah of and I made mistakes because I've made decisions out of fear yeah and, and a, a lack of knowledge and then this is the thing I had no idea how to fix these issues myself mm-hmm. I had no prior experience in the industry so I was very gullible in the sense of Whatever someone was kind of telling me, I mm-hmm. was taking that on board because I didn't know better myself. Yeah, of course. And when you're in that situation, it's yeah. very easy to just like get turn off that gut feeling. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That yeah. gut feeling and then just go because you think it's the right thing to do or yeah. it's going to like band-aid a situation or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So going from there to your investor and then the stores and stuff like that, so obviously a few mistakes had happened and stuff was mm. kind of falling apart, mm. right? So – what happened then? What did, like, what were your, did you want to keep going or? Look, Zachary was my baby. Yeah. So I was, like, clinging onto it for dear life. Yeah. Um, I'd given the investor at no buy-in 50% of my business, okay. which now when I look back and I, I know now about mm-hmm. figures and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and turnover, it was insane mm-hmm. that I just gave someone 50% of my business. Mm-hmm. Um because we had an equal shareholding, it was going to be a real battle. Yeah. And it was a real battle. And it took a huge toll on me. Emotionally. Emotionally yeah. and mental, like my mental health suffered. Mm-hmm. And I was in a situation where, you know, there was a lot of emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I haven't spoken about in the beginning because I was kind of scared to speak out about it and what the repercussions would mm-hmm. be. Um but also I guess when I was starting out again, it wasn't something that I wanted to focus on. I yeah. wanted to, you know, start again and succeed on my own merits without having that dialogue. Yeah. But now being in a much more comfortable position, I'm, I'm a lot more open to speak about That's cool. what happened. Yeah. I've actually heard you in an interview before say, and I loved when you said this, it's like a business partner, a business relationship should be like a marriage. Yeah. And I love, I love that. That's cool. We're not married. Yeah, we're not married. <laughs> Guys, we're not married. But like, um, yeah. That's- I do have a question. So the investor, was that pre the the huge American expansion or did they come on afterwards? No, we had a strong customer base. Yeah. You know, I think just from Instagram it happened yeah. really, really organically. Those were the days. Those were the yeah. days. It's not the same yeah. now thanks to the algorithm. It's all about money, money, money. I know. Yeah, me, it's me. crazy. That's a whole other yeah. story. Um, yes. Yeah, so it happened. But Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I know Tully and I have spoken about investors and getting investors on yeah. board. And we don't act- do it. Yeah, it's <laughs> we, actually, we actually don't understand yeah. investors we don't want not understand there's so many different types of investments and yeah. I'm just like yeah it's just too and it's confusing. right it's like that it's what you were saying before it's that when you're so and it's happened to us numerous times with maybe like legal battles or whatever mm-hmm. you just like you just like I just want this done I just need help like yeah. I just want this done and maybe the best option is to get someone else to come in and take over the business but then you're like but I still want to have a little bit of control and then It's a hard decision. I think the thing for me is because of all the things that were happening on the technical side and the mistakes that were happening that I didn't know how to control, I 
I didn't trust my gut instinct and I felt like other people knew better. But the thing is now I see what I had created was so unique and so special. Mm. Not everyone can do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people can grasp a technical aspect, but to create a brand and to make it go viral, um, you know, Zachary back then was was a household name but I didn't value that and I was getting lost on on that aspect of things the technical aspect um and that's where I lost my way was that I didn't trust my gut instinct anymore because of my insecurities yeah about what I didn't know yeah do you think you were scared to ask for help uh, no, I wasn't scared to ask for help. I was so desperate for it that mm. I I was scared to trust myself. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's crazy how we have those like yeah yeah value and like, you no, don't realize until yeah. later on in life. Yeah. Yeah. And how long was it between you thinking of walking away from Zachary to the decision of finally walking away? Was it a quick one, or was it one you well? Yeah. Went over for I a was month? clinging on till the oh. end. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in the end, what happened was I didn't want the stores. The mm-hmm. investor wanted the stores, so there was a real push for it. I couldn't fight. Yeah, you know, and I. It, they happened, but what happened was we didn't up our stock levels. So we upped our expenses oh, and our gosh. overheads, yeah. but we didn't up our stock levels. So okay. essentially we, yeah, yeah, right? I, yeah. I just had a boggled <laughs> look I'm on like, my face like, what yeah, the? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no money for stock because we're spending money on all wages. But and, you need the stock rent. to make money. Exactly. Okay. Um, so did you speak up about that? Like at the time when? I tried. That, okay. I tried, yeah. but it was very hard. Yeah. Um, and I guess being a young girl, being very impressionable um, and vulnerable, it, I was in a really, really difficult position. Yeah. And I could see it. I could see it all unfolding. But every time I spoke up, it was like, you're being negative, you know. Like, I know better. Yeah, yeah. I know better. It's your designs and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So it was all, you know, it was all kind of that mental manipulation making me feel like I was the issue yeah 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 um but at the end of the day bottom line is we opened stores we spread out our profits and we bumped up our overheads and that's the bottom line so come December when you know a lot of retailers that are you know gifting and they're going on sale and all that kind of stuff they kill it Mm. you know they make the money in December Jan but then you've got your retailers that are your traditional kind of clothing retailers. Mm. December, Jan's a really, slow. really slow yeah, time. Yeah. So as soon as December hit, I think it was start of 2018, yeah, end of 2017, start of 2018, that period hit and we had to go into administration. Shit. Surprise, surprise. Um, and then the investor was trying to get me to forfeit my shares mm-hmm. and that's when it all went down and I, I was there till the very end yeah. um, and went through that whole administration process, which was horrific. Yeah. Um, Emotionally. Uh, yeah, like, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so March 2018, that was when we said goodbye. I believe the investor ended up buying the rights to Zachary through the administration process. I was going process. to say, would you ever relaunch? Yeah. No. You can't, okay. No. Um, and then I started my own thing in April Oh, yeah. so you literally stopped in March <laughs> and then started well, something to, in April. To be fair, I I was not going into the office from November the year oh, okay. prior. Yeah. Uh, wasn't allowed. Um, <laughs> so what was that? Okay. Okay, yeah, it was, it was. It, it was pretty I was terrible. actually going to say, did you ever think of walking away from fashion altogether? Oh, <laughs> every day. Yeah. After that. I, had, I had a good five months there from November to March where I was just – 
kind of like, well, what do I do? Where do yeah. I go from here? Um, we'd had built a huge following on Instagram, mm-hmm. but the account was taken from me. So mm-hmm. I had to really consider where to go yeah. from that point. Yeah. Um, and that was terrifying because, I, you know, I had my personal Instagram. I had, you know, 6,000 followers or so. Yeah. Um, but that was it. Yeah. So it was like if I rebuild, I am literally starting from scratch. Starting from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And what did? How did you after that happened? Like, and in between that period, did you feel like you kind of because you only knew fashion mm. and you kind of wanted to walk away? Were you like, what the hell am I going to do? Well, yeah. And um, I was like, God, I, how am like I going to work for someone else? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't work for someone yeah. else. Um, yeah, it was all I knew and I had been so burnt by the industry, not just by that, you know, all the issues yeah. with the investor but all the issues that arise from making clothes. People don't realise how hard mm. clothing manufacturing is um, and I was just really broken by the whole yeah. thing. But I think um, the passion and the love that I have for the industry goes mm. so deep that, yeah. you know, it's maybe it's, it's blind love. Yeah. <laughs> it's blind love. Blood. You'd have to be crazy. Yeah. Um, I think like you and we speak about this all the time it's like you have to go through those shit times and the failures or whatever to come out and like flourish and be a better person better businesswoman totally Um, and I think the thing for me is that a lot of people can come out of experiences really bitter and twisted pointing the finger and I could yeah I could point the finger and be like well you know wasn't me was him Mm -hmm. blah 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 but at the end of the day I made the choices that led me to bring that person on I I made the decisions that led me to that point in my life. So why did I get to that point? Mm -hmm. And I had to really turn inwards and deal with a lot of the insecurities that I had. Um, And that's what I spent that five months doing was just Mm internalising and processing a lot of my issues, my insecurities, you know, my trauma from childhood, all those things. But really, really dig deep. And, my God, it was like dark. It was really dark. And a lot of people don't want to face that stuff. But I was like, I'm never going to get to this you know, the greatness that Mm -hmm. I want to achieve unless I face within and deal with what's going on inside. Yeah. Wow, you're a lot more in tune than I thought you were. I love that. It's just a, it's, I'm like sitting here blown. like just listening yeah. in awe, honestly. Yeah. So from the lessons learnt from Zachary the label, now you have Effie Cats, yes. the base brand label. Yes. The base yeah. brand label. Um, I personally own some Effie Cats and I <laughs> love it. Yeah. In your own words, what's Effie Cats? I think for me, Effie Cats was, it was my way of, reintroducing myself to the industry mm-hmm. but also I think there's there's an irony in the fact that you know suits are a symbol of like power mm-hmm. you know and that was my way of reclaiming my power and I was creating custom garments so um I was catering to all women of shapes sizes age you know mm-hmm. and just really pushing the message of empowerment and yeah. that for me you know through that process you know coming back into the industry was a way of healing as well yeah, and yeah. offering women you know this empowerment that I had lost too mm-hmm. so that's that was, cool yeah it was, it was so cool. from do it how did you, you're obviously quite a big brand now and you're well known and you've dressed a lot of celebrities mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff so how did you use Instagram to expand how did yeah. that happen god bless it's I know seriously Again, it's changed as much so as much we hate it it's like the best and did you take and run all the networks you'd built with yeah, Zachary like and bring did, them on you know how what did it work? I, I actually didn't that's really so look 
There were clients that were following me, but mm. I guess word spread mm-hmm. about the situation and people kind of realised through following that Instagram that things had changed. And mm. when I started posting things on my Instagram, the word just spread really organically again. Yeah. And also I got a really different clientele. So I guess my kind of cult following, if you'll call it that, yep. um, and core clientele, they they caught on really quick and then word spread. So I had them. But also I had a new clientele come through because the clothing that I was making this time around was tailored and refined and not just your stretch garments. Mm-hmm. And, again, I was making stretch garments with Zachary because, you know, that's all I kind of knew how to do. Yeah. I didn't really know how to construct, you know, a tailor-made garment, yeah. but I learnt. Yeah. So um, I got a new clientele through that, um, different age bracket and, yeah, it was. It, it created its own kind of following. Yeah, organically. I love that. It's kind of like sisters following sisters. Yeah. Like people see that you kind of went through that shit time, and mm. you've kind of again. I'm going to use the word blossomed, and then they kind of want to support you. And you're lucky. You're bloody talented and great at what you do. <laughs> I think it's really important though that it's still really affordable. So you're getting these yes. tailored suits, and you do dresses too and shirts or not. Look. Yeah, we're not doing custom dresses anymore because yeah. we're now focused on ready-to-wear. So yeah. we've gone online and we're focused on expanding that aspect yeah. of the business, but I was doing custom dresses yeah. for a period of time there. But it's yeah. so so affordable. Yeah, it is affordable. Yeah. I mean, that's always been my thing. Growing up, I didn't come from an affluent family, so I couldn't afford a lot of things. I had to work really hard for the things mm-hmm. that I had. And I just remember this frustration when I was young of I knew how I wanted to look yeah. and feel, but I couldn't afford to buy the pieces that would make me look yeah. and feel that way. Yeah. So I never wanted my clients to feel like they couldn't afford to feel how they wanted. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love that. And do you know what? Another thing about what you do, it's like a personal experience. You make whoever comes in to get tailored, like make them feel exactly what you said, powered yeah. and empowered and great. Um, and we love that it's like all different shapes and sizes as well. I think that's cool. So what's happening next with Effie Cats? You've moved online. Yes. Can you get a, or can I, this is for my own personal <laughs> knowledge too, can you get a personal uh, personalised tailored suit from the online store? We are still taking appointments and I will always continue with custom yeah. suits, yeah. shirts, coats, all that kind of stuff, just not dresses. Um and then we will offer a range of dresses and skirts and all that kind of stuff online yeah. as well. Do you think there was one particular Instagram moment that, like, pushed Effie Cats to, like, yeah. the next level? Because you've dressed, like, celebrities, influencers for, like, the races, the brown low. Mm. The brown low? Yeah. Someone's after Someone's yeah, after <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sorry uh, about the noise. No, that's okay. Um. Yeah, I, I, and I, I always refer back to this moment with Sophie Keisha when she wore oh, the hot pink. The hot pink, yeah. yeah that I, I gained like 3,000 followers. Shit, wow. That again, thanks to the algorithm changes I know. since yeah. then. Yes. Um, it doesn't happen that way anymore. Do you, did you make sales? Like, you know how like you got 3,000 followers for people that don't know Instagram and yep. don't know business. Did that follow Compared through to sales? To sales? Yep. It did. Okay, great. That's yep. what you want. <laughs> huge. Yeah. Huge. Did like, it really? The inquiries after that were just ongoing. That's and amazing. Sophie was a great support. She wore quite a few of my pieces and I got so many clients from her. Still do. And so f- I told her whatever she wants. <laughs> she got it. She's amazing because she does have such an engaged They following. are so engaged. Yeah. And that's the thing is that a lot of people have big followings, yes, but, but the client, uh, their, their following's not engaged. Exactly, yeah. She is an amazing one for, like, empowerment for women and stuff, yeah. I feel like, yeah. Uh, 
What was VAMP like for you? I know you mm. did the Priceline runway with yeah. Tal. Oh, yeah, and you, runway. Yeah, you dressed everyone. And it was actually quite an emotional runway it because was. it was such an empowering. It had all different shapes and sizes, sizes nationalities. And everyone was dressed in yep. FE cats. How yeah. was, was that your first? I was so proud of you. <laughs> so proud of you. Was it your first runway? It was. Of, really? Yeah. It was like your first. Yeah, first runway. Oh, my God. I would <laughs> love to kick off with doing a runway like that. It was so emotional. It was. Yeah. And, you know, it was so special and it, I, I, it was a beautiful introduction to doing runway because it was everything that I stand for oh, and that's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. diversity um, of women in every shape and form. Mm-hmm. Um, it was amazing. The thing about runways is, you know, most runways is, okay, models are between six to an eight, so mm-hmm. you have your samples, they're ready to go, mm-hmm. um, you fit them on the model, see which one works best for which model yeah. and that's it. Mm-hmm. For this one, we had four weeks. Oh, and you were like busy. What period was that? It was in March. March. Yeah, yeah. It was custom everyone. So multiple fittings. All across interstate. Australia. Women all across Australia too. You know, there were clients, there were some of the women in, in the show that lived in Sydney that I couldn't see for a, a fitting, a first fitting, until like Ita Butt Rose. I, I didn't see till the night before. Shut up. Yeah, for her first fitting. So if if that needed major alterations, I was screwed, basically. Oh, <laughs> the anxiety that I had for that four weeks, I, I had so many breakdowns. I was like, why did I do this? Yeah. But God, it was so rewarding. But it was it was very, very challenging because the thing about custom is to to fit it to people's body perfectly mm-hmm. it's not just like you know take measurements put it on bam it's done yeah it it, it needs a lot of work mm-hmm. from that it might be two fittings might be one might be three might be four people aren't available then you can't you know yeah. so there was so many late nights there was so much running around um and there were a lot of touch and go moments yeah. so yeah. It, was, it was intense yeah it was I really remember intense. seeing you at one stage and you just Broken. like yeah you were <laughs> just like a shell of a you were like I have not slept and I was like fuck I really do feel sorry for I'm like yeah. if I could do anything I can't remember how to do pattern making like I studied like when I was 16 but I was like if there's anything I could do I'll help you yeah it was it was it was crazy most like I'm very OCD like I'm a perfectionist and like mm. the slightest thing being out just like sends me into a spin so I and you know what? Until some people mm. did not have their final fitting until the morning. Of no, the yeah, yeah. There were Wait, two. did you sleep that night? No, you didn't. No. And also, you walked in the show. The yeah. show, <laughs> babe. How I looked like the Walking Dead. To be honest, <laughs> all those photos. I'm just like, oh, like, give me all the makeup. Give me all yeah, the glam. Literally, Seriously. I had my glam at like 3 a.m. Did you? Yeah, and then I was there just doing everyone's fittings, and that's why we were pulling some people. We were pulling them like first before you guys did run-throughs because I was like, okay, if there's issues, we can run it down to Coburg, get alterations done, get the suit back. Yeah, thank God there was none of that. (laughs) Can you guys give a list of who walked in the the runway to give people an idea of the diversity? Chrissy Swan, Tanya Hennessy, Tanya Hennessy, which I freaking love her, Um, Olivia Rogers, me, Sarah, Poe, Poe, yeah, from um, MasterChef. Was it Brookie Brooke Yeah. Um, you know, the pharmacist from Queen. Like, there was yep. like real women as well, like pharmacists. Yep. Yeah. Like, um, oh, who was the. Um, the There was an older lady that oh, was and real Crumble, swaggy. What's her name? I forgot. Kira. Sarah Jane. 
Oh yeah, Sarah yeah. Jane, Kira Crumb, Crumb from yep. Crumble Foods. It was so flex. many. Oh yeah, Flex. Love I love Flex, flex too. <laughs> um, different nationalities and sizes. It was so much fun. I think that's kind of cool to like your first runway show to be that. Isn't it funny how like people forget like what you were talking about before about the fashion industry and like designing and stuff like that. Mm. People don't realise the hard work that goes into something like that. Totally. And you at like races time. Oh. Tell me about races time. Is that last year you dressed a lot of people? Races is manic. Um, like the first year that I did it, we'd had like 84 suits that had gone out. Last year it was like 120 something. And then you had my my stuff. So I'd left mine to the last minute for Derby Day. Yeah. And I did my fitting the night before. It was an absolute... <laughs> disaster <laughs> I had to completely redo my suit I was at my tailors until two in the morning the <gasps> night before had makeup at 4 a.m oh my so gosh I did not sleep I was li- I was like so <laughs> jittery that day <laughs> I drank like five coffees yeah it was a nightmare um because of course you know getting everyone's done comes first for me yep. but I'm my brand you too so I represent um and it was yeah that was really touch and go as well it was it was not it's not an enjoyable time when, for me for the races I just have a question just because I want to know for the races you obviously dress celebs and influencers as well mm. do you do they pay um like do customers come like do you get customers as well that are paying customers for that or do you focus more so I'm going to redo this question do you want them to be dressed so you get brand awareness or are you just like how do you work the races Look, and like stuff like that? The thing is we kind of weigh it up and see um, obviously what the exposure is yeah. like. Like yeah. I said, Soph quadrupled Amazing. my yeah. business, yeah. you know, yeah. so that's a business decision. 100%. Um, what we do in a lot of cases is we just charge cost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, again, you know, it's, it's marketing for us mm-hmm. as well. So where we lose on profit margin, you know, yeah. we make up for in marketing. 100%. Because I think a lot of influencers and stuff like that forget that you are running a business and you need to make money. And I always wonder that. Like, obviously, we're in Active so it's very different to that. But I always wonder, like, what the strategic kind of decision is behind the scenes. Yeah, I I think it's just weighing it up as a brand. Even for us with base, you know, we do a lot of gifting, but we weigh it up, you know. Yeah. And... You know, it's it's like any business strategy. You look at people's following, mm-hmm. you look at their target sort of demographic, yep. and you know, if you want to target that as a brand, then it's a smart move. Yeah. Is that the only type of advertising you do? You don't run any ads on any social media? It's just influencer? I wasn't for a long time. We do EDMs now with our database yeah. and yeah. EDMs are great for us. Base Brand does do um, paid posting mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you let people know what Base Brand is if they don't know? Yeah, so Base Brand is a brand that I created which does a lot of your core basics, so ribbed bodysuits, T-shirts, sweatpants as of this year. <laughs> um yeah, so we've got a model where we've got our warehouse, we've got online, and we wholesale nationally and to the United States and Israel. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So fair to say 2020, the growth of base has <laughs> yeah. just been... Yeah, I know. 500%. Seriously. <laughs> I know. So having Epicats now and base the brand, mm. what advice would you have to someone that's wanting to start a fashion business? Diversify. Yeah, love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's one thing I learned. Yeah. Um, in what way? Products well, or product? Yeah, I mean, marketing. this is the thing. I learned with Zachary's that you can't have your eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. right? And 
I started Effie Cats. Obviously, it's tailored. It's dressy pieces. It's not stuff you're wearing around the house. Yeah. It's stuff you're wearing to work. It's stuff you're wearing out, you know, for dinner or for a birthday or function, engagement, whatever it is. But um, if I was relying on that solely through this period, I would have been screwed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and... That's the thing is that I diversified with base, so base covers that niche. So I've been covered the whole way through and I'm very fortunate in that way. But, it, you know, it's like anything in life. You put your eggs in one basket, you drop that basket, you're done. done. your eggs yeah. can break. That is yeah. so true. So um, for me it means that I am working around the clock because I'm <laughs> running two brands, um, but I've got that peace of mind and I can sleep at night knowing that if one falls over for whatever reason, the other's there. Yeah. Well, we didn't know that. Um, all events would be cancelled. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> or not only events, but restaurants and everything. Life. Seriously, yeah. so you're very lucky in that way. What's your um, view on the whole fashion movement with sustainability and ethical fashion at the yeah. moment? I think it's Good fast fashion. fashion. You know, I hate fast mm. fashion. Yeah, um, I think it's so important, and I think there's so much that we are learning with mm-hmm. it and it's a constant, you know, for every brand, if you can implement it in any way. Yeah. I understand it's not feasible for brands to, for example, you know, polyesters and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I get that it's really hard to cut that out, yeah. you know. Um, for us, we stretch garments, they have polyester in them, mm-hmm. right? So the way Effie Katz kind of tackles it is, okay, yes, we're using garments that have fabric with stretch, but what we like what we do is we don't carry overhead stock. So yeah. we're not mass producing mm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's made to order. Yeah. And again, you know, you know, all our packaging's biodegradable, all that kind of stuff. But there is still so much that I'm learning. Yeah. And there is still so much for us in that space. I'm no expert on sustainability, but I think it's so important that we're constantly educating ourselves Agreed. and implementing that in every step of the way and bettering our business with sustainability yeah. in mind. Because you're quite passionate about sustainability and like global warming and stuff like that. I've seen you post a few things. <laughs> on Let's not get into that because. <laughs> no, because yeah, I actually learned yeah. and I'm just like, I know you are quite passionate about it. And it's, I agree. It's like, if you can just add little bits into the business. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, totally. It's because it's hard. Like, I think people forget that like a lot of people are kind of just like, do this, do that. It's like, you know, yeah. it's hard. Just pump You've got to do little, little parts. And the fact that you manufacture and stuff, you manufacture most of your stuff here in Melbourne, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Effie Cats. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes, we do. We have started manufacturing some pieces offshore. The thing is for us, what we do with what we manufacture offshore, you know, for example, when you're manufacturing in China, mm-hmm. and I, I make sure that I align myself with companies yeah. that are, you know, that have good morals and values and ethics, right? Mm -hmm. But what we do is we produce a small run of things so we know we're not overcommitting ourselves. And when we are producing a run like that, you know, let's say we're looking at 50s, for example, I'm not going to do that unless that's already a big seller. Mm -hmm. So stuff that we're producing here that's straining our workroom, we go, okay, there's enough flow of this garment now that we can commit to 50 or 100 if it's an absolute smash, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we just constantly reorder as we go. We're not committing to four or 500 units like I used to with Zachary because we can't, you know. And then it sits there and then you've got to do a warehouse sell Mm. and it's like you're flogging stuff off for, you know, 20, 30 bucks. It's just not... 
Yeah. It's not right. Yeah. I love that. That's one thing you've taken away from yeah. another thing you've taken away from Zach. Yeah, absolutely. So many lessons. I know, right? <laughs> Go, Sarah. No, I was just oh. going to say, let's get a little bit personal and get to know Effie. I know, away. that's <laughs> awesome. Like we were friends having a drink. That's how I want to feel now. What? Who motivates Who to motiv- Who motivates and inspires you? You know what? My partner. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So my partner. She's got a little flush there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. He's so he's in finance, so completely different to me. But That's good because you're a creative head. So I it's a am. good balance. Yeah. But he's like super organized, super efficient. He's up at 5 a.m. every single day. Wow. 7 a.m. on the weekends. No. So he gives us <laughs> two-hour leeway. But he's just always on the go and he is so driven and he motivates me to – Keep moving and to be. See, I'm not organized yeah, <laughs> at no. all. I'm like, a, not. no, I'm. Look, I'm a. Because um, you come across to me as organized. It's it's not so. I'm I am efficient, but I'm I'm a creative. So yeah. I'm creatively minded, yeah. and I employ people that put systems in place. For okay. Me. Yeah. So my business partner with Base, he's very systematic. Yeah. My um, warehouse coordinator, he's very systematic. Mm-hmm. But I'm not that way inclined yeah so I employ the people that, that do the things that I kind of can't do but um he's my partner's encouraged me to be more kind of systematic and yeah. you know routine routine yes yeah. that's the word I'm looking for um more routine you know so my car was always a mess oh, it's not a mess anymore that's good. So we have a system now so yeah. we have a tub Take system the rubbish to the bin <laughs> no we have a tub system now oh. so we've got tubs in my boot oh my and God, he's I like when so you take your stuff off instead of throwing it in your back seat Put it in the tubs. Yeah, my ex put it in my car too, like because I was unorganized. Yep. Yeah. So the tubs, and we have the tub system at home now. Oh my god. So I have a a, a tub for my t-shirts, a tub for my knits, a tub for my jeans. So I get home, and instead of chucking them, you know, on On the the ground or on a chair or whatever, just chuck them in the tub. Oh my god, I love that. (laughs) So has that routine gone? Across to like you waking up at five a.m. too. Well, look, I definitely wake up wake up a lot earlier than I, I used. To, not that I ever woke up late, but I I do wake up a lot earlier. I now see a personal trainer. Oh, yeah. I think like when you have someone who's go go go, it motivates yeah, you it to be better, and it rubs off in ways that you probably don't even realize until mm-hmm. it's happened. And yeah. You're like oh yeah, okay. and I I say oh wow because. Um, I've met you a few times and Tell and I were talking and she's like, oh, Effie just works all the time. And I'm sitting here proud, like, it seems like you have a really nice work-life balance now. Yeah, well, this is the thing, right? So I'd be like, you know, doing my uploads at night and my partner was like, hey, here's the thought. Why don't you set aside 45 minutes in the day and do that and get it organised so that we can enjoy our evenings together? Yeah. So now I do that and oh. I'm like, oh, I'm not, you know, working yeah, around yeah. the clock like I used to. It's, yeah. just, it's just changing the way you do things. Yeah. Not necessarily how much work you're doing, but changing the way these things. I love are done. that because then you you do. I think you feel definitely more motivated, but more inspired and, and less more flustered. driven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. I was always really flustered, and I guess it was a little bit different because I was seeing clients all the time for fittings because mm. it was so out, custom driven. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a lot harder back then. Um, yeah. Where now it's easier in a sense, to put systems in place. But he's been amazing to help me implement that. Yeah. Oh, you sound so happy. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. (laughs) 
How are you coping with lockdown 2.0? I have to say it's been a bit harder this time around. It has, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. I think we were all seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and now we've gone back into it and gone down the rabbit hole a few times. (laughs) Seriously, I think it's like I think everyone, the word that keeps coming up is flat. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, I definitely have my days and I, I... because I am so um, go, go, go all the time, have these days where I just can't even focus and then mm. you beat yourself up about it. Yeah, and you're yeah. Like, Shit, like, I've done nothing yeah. today. Um, so we're just trying to mitigate that, yeah. keep that to a minimum. Um, but, yeah, I, it, it's hard. And you know what? you just got to take it day by day and just yeah, go you really do. yourself, yeah. especially if you're a highly motivated person. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. Just take it as it comes. Yeah. Like I've, I have my brainless shows I call them so I watch How I Met Your Mother when yes. I'm feeling anxious and I'm like that I just go okay you know what I'm gonna put my phone down stop looking at things and I'm just gonna watch How I Met Your Mother yeah and just chill out do you think that if you weren't dating your boyfriend you'd be like that now no no you'd be still here <laughs> I'd at the be office. like scrolling yeah. away reading you'd still be here yeah I'd so, be yeah. at the office or just yeah. you know yeah. I think that's a really, like, good – I'm going to take something out of that too because yeah. it's like, it, yeah, you just get so caught up. and you just got to stop yourself. Yeah, you have to stop. Like, the thing. You have to set boundaries when you switch off yes. for yourself. Yeah. So has the current climate, like, put a hold on any of your plans for 2020? No. It hasn't? It's just changed them. Yeah. I – another thing I learned through Zachary, uh, you got to adapt. Yeah. Yep. The industry is very – fast pace as it is so you throw something like COVID into the mix Mm -hmm. you just got to adapt yeah I had wanted to do trackies it was in the works but we were kind of like oh this category is selling really well for us so we'll focus on that the minute COVID hit I called my factory and I was like mate those trackies sample that you have put them in production right now um and we moved really fast on that and I think the thing is you can't you can't put things on hold I mean if you're out sailing you can't just stop yeah true you know because Things have, you know, the sea's gotten a bit choppy. You mm-hmm. just got to adjust the sails yep. and move on. Yeah, and that's that's how I am with everything yep. in life. With Effie, cats the label. How have you like pivoted? pivoted. Yeah, yeah, well, custom obviously came to a halt. We started doing Zoom consults, so that was really good. That's how I was doing my custom aspect. Yeah. Um, we ended up cutting custom dresses, which is something I wanted to do for a long time because it is something that clogs the workroom. It takes mm. a lot more yeah. fittings back and forward. Um, so we cut that. I cut that straight away. And I focused on online. And online got really, really strong. And what I did was I changed, I guess, my design process to, you know, I was really heavily focused on that statement piece for that occasion. Mm -hmm. You want to stand out, it's your birthday or your engagement or whatever, you know, giving women that killer outfit that they can't find anywhere. I was like, okay, cool. What women need to invest in now is pieces that still give them a statement look but that they can recycle. Yeah. So So important. That's what I focused on. Yeah. I love that. How do you do a Zoom consult? Like, how do you measure the person? <laughs> ah, it's tricky. Look, um, I have a way that I measure. Okay. So what I do is I would we'd set up the Zoom consults. I'd make sure that the clients had were wearing sweats. Yeah. So not sweats. Sorry. Um, leggings. leggings. Fitted clothing, and then I'd run them through how to measure themselves. Ah. 
Um, yeah, and that's worked. I was going to say, if you say by I, I'm yeah. going like, <laughs> to like die. Oh, I'm not that challenging. She's like, yes, um, from that shoulder point to your wrist, I would die. Um, and then obviously if they can have someone there to assist, I can guide them oh, yeah, that's through true. What, yeah. what to do. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, So good. do you, obviously Victoria, we're in very strict lockdown mm. at the moment. Are you getting a lot of business from all the other states in Australia? Yes. Oh, you and are? Yes. Um, and those that's, fuckers can still go out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, this is a positive, actually. Yeah, it's you, great. You, now focus. you can do customs for people overseas. Yes, overseas, interstate, yeah. And it's not something I was doing before because I was I just kind of put it in the too hard basket. Yeah. But when I actually sat down and worked out the logistics, I realised it's very possible. Yeah. And, um, you, look, you've just got to be open with clients yeah. and just say, look, yeah. I'm not there physically. It may need tweaks when you get it. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah. And they'll say yes. Most but you have to communicate that. Yeah. Otherwise, they might have this expectation that it's going to come and be perfect. absolutely perfect. Yeah. And they go, oh, well, you know, what's going yeah. on? But if you, you know, explain it properly, then you're kind of mitigating their expectations. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Do you have any other questions before I get into my favourite food game? Sarah, I've got like an end game. It's like a food <laughs> game. Sarah's like obsessed with it. Um, no, I think you've covered everything. I just wanted to like hear your story because I've never really heard it in depth and I think it's fucking cool. Yeah, we got yeah. deep. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I know, and you, actually you, like I think you're an amazing chick but you really fucking surprised me with how in tune you are and how like you know about like trauma and all that kind yeah. of stuff. A lot of people don't know about that. Well, I mean, this is the thing. It's at the end of the day, like I said, you can point the finger at your circumstances, you can point the finger at people around you, but nothing's going to change unless you change from yep. within. Yep. And if you're carrying hate towards others or a situation or whatever, it's poison. It's toxic for yeah. yourself and you're not healing and you're not growing. Yeah, you've got to come from love. You've got to come yeah, from love. you do. And just on that, and I have spoken about this in the past, but there was an exercise that I did that really helped me with this because yeah. if you don't understand about this kind of thing, it can mm-hmm. be really tricky to kind of deal with it yeah so I read this book um and it was called how to heal yourself when no one else can and this yep. was when I was in the depths of my despair <laughs> <laughs> after kind of being booted from the company yeah. in you know November or the office I should say um and what I what it said was okay you have to write down what's preventing you from living your truest deepest light okay so you know I wrote down things like okay I do not trust my gut because I have insecurities about my own abilities because Mm -hmm. of this this and this and you identify it and you break it down and the book does it a lot better than what I've just explained yeah but you know I went through this process and I wrote down every you know everything that I was doing that was stopping me from you know furthering myself and it was just so confronting and I, I cried so much reading all that because it was the cold hard truth it was all my bullshit on this paper um but from there that was that was the point I call that my rock bottom because that was you know the point that I was at that was my healing that was where the healing really began because I'd identified all my issues and from there I could heal from it yeah so I, I really recommend that book and it's written by a woman who had Lyme's disease so there are things that are relevant there are things that aren't but even just to buy it and extract that from it, it's pr- priceless. What's priceless. it called again, sorry? How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can. Okay, we will mm. pop that in the show notes because yeah. I feel like we're going to get so many it's, people message and it ask. Is, yeah. And I actually kind of want to read it as well. Yeah. I love doing those kind of exercises. Incredible. Yeah. That's crazy. Let's go to Sarah's food. I love this. And I'm hoping, like, I'll get 
a good one because you're a Greek girl, aren't you? Yes, I am. So Tal and I always play this game, what would your dying meal be? Like you've got entree, entree. main, dessert, and Tal likes to throw in a cocktail yeah, there add now. in the cocktail. <sighs> so it's like your absolute last meal. Okay, well, what would your entree It can be like something you yeah, yeah, cooks. It can be something <laughs> from your favourite restaurant. Okay, yep, I know it. So... First of all, I'm not a cocktail gal. Really? Oh, you're not. Shock you. There no, is... wait, can I guess what you are? Are you Scotch or whiskey? Scotch Coke. Yes, I fucking knew it. Scotch Coke. No, I remember seeing that in your the way. I hate when we go to these events and there's no scotch because yeah. I'm like, great, there's my night. See, I'm a tequila girl and they're like, never oh. tequila, just like vodka and no. it's like absolute. I'm like, guys. Uh, Tequila's good because it's the only alcohol I believe that's an upper. It is. It's an upper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it really? like crap in the I've moment. I've told you that before. So it's yeah. like an upper. So it does. it's not a depressant. Yeah, it's oh, and the hangover is clean. Like, there's yeah. no. That's why I, I drink it straight with fresh lime mm-hmm. ice. Done. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wouldn't sip it. I'd just get it no, down as quickly as I can. It has to be a decent, <laughs> decent one. I couldn't do like a shitty one, but a decent one you can sip it. I do imagine you would be a fun time to go out with. Yeah, yeah. a couple of scotches. Yeah, yeah. she's on. <laughs> she's on. <laughs> um, so my favourite, favourite, favourite meals, what me and my partner order is hilarious because not from like a fancy restaurant or anything like that, but I tell you what, it's two of the best meals I've really had in Melbourne, right? You know Chappelle's? Yes. On Chapel. Oh, my God, I used to go there all the time. <laughs> so I had many drunken nights there yes. after Love Machine like five years ago. Um, so Chappelle's, we get the lasagna and then okay. we get the... It's a chicken spaghetti with broccoli. Interesting. Yeah. And we alternate. So he'll have like a spoonful of the spaghetti. I'll have the lasagna. Then we swap and we swap till it's done. Um, Yeah, I would have scotch coke, those two. I'm a happy lady. I can go. And what dessert? Yeah, your sweet tooth or no? Oh, yeah, sweet tooth. Just give me a block of Cadbury. Yeah. Yeah. Simple gal. I Simple like girl. it. I love it. My life's complicated. My food doesn't need to be. I always say that. I love That's it. That's good. I like that. Thank you so much for sitting down and chatting. I, I learned a hell of a lot. Yeah, we're I not getting an that. investor. No, we're not. <laughs> no, do not. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I was so excited to interview you because it's like it's also fun interviewing someone that's in the same industry, obviously yeah. different garments, different business, but same industry. And I think we can learn a lot from what you've just said as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Mm. (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.